my job on this expedition to try and find any evidence, dead or alive, to the existence of this. everything on this stupid podcast well maybe okay. we it's can, not stupid i love it maybe we can do an amazon wish list and maybe try to get a fund or something, something. to get a new new computer for you to get this working better new computer microphones that you know connect well they're new microphones maybe they should I, work. I feel like it's just the computer i feel like the microphones are working overtime for your old computer yeah that could be i don't know i just like Messing with things. There we go. Okay. How have you been? I'm good. I'm going on a surprise vacation with my husband. No kids this weekend. So I'm kind of excited about that. The little ones are going to go hang out with my sister-in-law and hopefully they'll have fun. I'm dropping them off tomorrow, Friday, and picking them up sometime on Sunday. Yay. That's awesome. I know, because I'm watching your dogs. I know. Thank you. Love our babies. (laughs) You're welcome. That's okay. I'm going to need you to watch my dog sometime in October. Okay. My dog and my cat. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, this past week has been quite interesting. I apologize to everybody about our issues last week. And if you could not hear our ending arguments, sorry, listen harder. I'm not redoing it. (laughs) Technical difficulties. Hopefully we're over that. But... You got most of it. You got the gist. It's fine. But this week, because of all the issues I was having with the editing and all that, I went a little lighter on our subject. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that out here. All right. I have a random fact for you. Oh, you got the random facts. Look at you. Was I not supposed to have the random fact? No, you can. I don't care. I figured we'd change it up a little bit. Yeah, why not? All right. The longest wedding veil was longer than 63 football fields. Why? That's ridiculous. I didn't really have a veil, so that's crazy. It was nearly 23,000 feet. Holy crappers. Yeah. Mine was just some flowers on my head. I didn't even have a veil. I don't think I did either. I think I may have had a tiara. Yeah, mine was flowers that my mother-in-law bought me. I don't even remember having anything on my head. What tiara would go on your head? Well, but I don't remember having it. I might have had it. I don't know. I had hair. That's good. Hair was on my head. That's that's always a start. Some of it was real and some of it was fake. (laughs) You know what? That's okay. (laughs) Good stuff. Thank you for that random fact. That was... Crazy. Yeah, I got some more, but I guess I'll wait until next month. Yes, we we don't need any more. One's enough. We're going to run out of random facts. Oh, you can't run out of random facts. Oh, that's not true. Maybe if we do this for like 15 years, but then new facts come out. <laughs> so hot. I guess we'll see. All right, Taryn, today we are going to do not just one. Well, I guess it's kind of one subject. It's got a myriad of things involved. We're going to discuss a few cursed objects or things. Cursed things. You said you wanted spooky. I'm going to go a little spooky. I love spooky. And I, I so when you talk about s- cursed items, 
there's this one episode on Supernatural that just pops to mind. Which one? The one with the ballerina slippers. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> all the cursed items that their dad had locked up that got out, like yeah. the rabbit's foot and all that other stuff. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's a good one. First thing I found in my head when you were talking about <laughs> cursed items. That's good. The other thing that pops in my head about cursed items is um, haunted items. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And and I think sometimes that kind of goes hand in hand, like, being either haunted or cursed. Like the uh, the Annabelle doll? Yes. Yep. That's one of them. Well, let's get on to our first one. This is a small little one. They get longer as we go. First one is a phone number, actually. The phone number is... Now, this is a phone number in 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 Bulgaria. So the phone number is um it's three five nine is the country code, but whatever. And then the rest of the phone number is zero eight 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 eight. Well, at least you can't forget the number. No, no. This number is cursed. Some would say. The very first owner of this phone number was the CEO of the company that actually issued the phone number. Um, that company was called Mobitel. And the guy's name was Vladimir Grashnov. Why does that sound like a vampire name? Because it's from Bulgaria, and that's kind of where vampires started. Gotcha. <laughs> Vladimir. Yes. Sounds like a vampire. Yeah, well, because... Um, Probably Vlad the Impaler is what you're thinking of. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. You, you, from Transylvania. Now you get me stuck on He's from phone. Romania. But it's right around the same area. So that's why. Keep your garlic. <laughs> but he didn't die in any kind of weird way. Vladimir died from cancer in 2001. Although his cancer was rumored to have been caused by a business rival using radioactive poisoning. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Next person to have this phone number was a guy who happened to be in the mafia named Konstantin Dimitrov. Dimitrov? I don't know. He was also killed in 2003 in the Netherlands, where he was going to inspect his drug empire there. He was gunned down by Russian mafia men. Hmm. Yeah. See, I don't know how that connects it to the phone number, though, because it just sounds like he was a bad dude overall. Well, sure, but he still had the phone number. Well, you know, you could have my phone number and be a bad dude and still get tracked down by the mafia. Well, that's true. But, I don't know. Well, he's only the second guy. Okay. Okay. So there's a third guy. Third man was a businessman, also named Constantine, uh, Dishlev. <laughs> He was killed in 2005 in Bulgaria's capital city. He was at an Indian restaurant, happened to be standing outside the Indian restaurant. And he was, I don't know, killed, I think, by a drive-by shooting. It doesn't exactly specify how he died. It just that he died. But the mafia drive-by looking for the other Constantine. Yeah. It's also rumored that he was running cocaine. (laughs) 
So if you sell drugs, there's a good chance you're going to get shot. Okay, but see, the Mobitel guy didn't do, well, maybe he didn't. We don't really know if he sold drugs. But probably not, considering he was the CEO of a big phone company. He probably had enough money. No, he just had radio or <laughs> radioactive poisoning. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, there was one other person who died, but there was no nothing on this. But ever since 2005, the number has been suspended, and whoever calls it hears the same message: outside network coverage. That's because it can't reach hell. <laughs> So, supposedly, if you live in Bulgaria, there is no chance you're going to get that phone number because, well, it's been suspended. Sorry. Interesting. Can't have third, it. Third one's the charm. Yes. Next thing. It's a statue. Kind of a statue. It is called the Woman from Lem. It is a statue of what they think is a goddess. Here's the story. First off, story. where is the location? Uh, Cyprus. Okay. Well, it's not in Cyprus right now, but it was found in Cyprus. Here's a story. We'll go with the story. Okay. In the year 1878, a small statue carved from limestone was unearthed in Lem, which is in Cyprus. It was dated around 3500 BC. The women from Lem statue is very similar to hundreds of other cross-shaped statues that were found around the same time. Some are more detailed than others. This one is okay. Smaller ones have been recovered. Larger ones have been recovered. There's been a bunch of them. But this one is special because it's cursed. And it also looks a little different than all the other ones found. And let me show you how. Okay. So this is the said statue that is cursed. Supposedly, it's cross-shaped, but frankly, it looks more star-shaped to me with a penis on the top. I was just saying it looked like a lady wrapped around a penis. <laughs> like, a lady wrapped around the penis. Well, look, like, here's the feet, <laughs> okay. and there's the knees, and uh-huh. there's the arms doing this. Okay. Right? You can't really see the hands. Okay. And then the penis. And then obviously there's the penis. Okay. All right, I see it. Like, maybe it could be a fertility symbol. Well, there, that is called the fertility goddess. Oh. So... That makes sense, okay. I suppose. It does look like a giant she, penis. She could be wrapped around a penis. We'll post pictures of it. It looks like a giant penis. <laughs> but this is a picture of all the other ones that were found at around the same time. Those look more like swords with a butt crack. <laughs> I was going to say they look more like people with super long necks. <laughs> See, I thought like, that was the, the, the hilt of the sword. Oh, okay. And then it just looks like a butt. Like okay. a horse's butt in that one. And that looks like a human's butt. <laughs> Because that one looks like a mile on a tail. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Okay. So all of these, Taryn is wonderfully describing. <laughs> <laughs> At the top, most of them look like it's it would be a head. It's kind of rounded. Oh, they do have faces. Yeah. That one has a face. So it's kind of rounded at the top and then gets skinnier like your neck, but it's kind of long. That one has a cross mm-hmm. around its neck as a necklace. Yeah. And then it gets to a certain point, and it's like arms that are jutting out on either side. So it's like in a cross motion. But then as you go down, you can clearly see that they have legs. etched legs into them as well. So it is a cross with legs. Basically. Is what so it looks like. when, when I first like described it as a sword, it 
you were holding it, I didn't see the faces. <laughs> yeah. But now they look like little alien faces yeah. with really long necks. Yeah. But then that one still looks like a horse butt. <laughs> so, so all of these were found right around the same time. The the statue we were talking about does look a lot different than all the other ones. Yeah, it looks like a penis. It does look like it. It looks way more like a penis. And it doesn't have as much um, details to it. There, there's no necklace. There's no face. There's no face. Well, I suppose if you look really hard, you might be able to see a face. But, eh, it's not Yeah, really. but you can look at a piece of cheese and see a face. The legs aren't very defined. No, it. There's no it looks legs. like feet because it looks like it's, like, wrapped around a penis. Yes. It, yes, it does. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> there is no archaeological record of an excavation or the actual discovery of this particular statue. By all accounts, it says that it was discovered in the year 1878. But there's no details, including the name of the founder. We don't know who found the statue. We don't know where in the hell it came from. George Smith. No one knows. It could be. Who knows? So, no one really knows what it is. They think it's a fertility statue, or it could be a weird a description of a certain goddess, maybe at the time. Who knows? But it has gotten the nickname of the goddess of death due to so many fatalities connected to it. Four families are reported to have lost members in connection to the statue. So this is how the story goes. Lord Elephant was the first owner during the time Cyprus was a British colony. Within six years of acquiring the statue, seven family members and himself passed away. Any certain reason why they passed? Any ages? I looked, didn't specify. All of this is very vague. I don't really find much on it. Okay. Just that him and his whole family died. The second person to acquire this was named Ivor Minucci, and he obtained the statue in Europe. And he had a very similar experience with his entire family and himself dying within four years. The third owner, whose name was Lord Thompson Knoll, whose whole family also died within four years. And then the statue disappeared for a little bit. No one knows where it went. And then it was later found in a cellar cabinet in some random place. In someone's cellar. Yeah. The last private owner of the statue was Sir Alan Biverbrook. Would not be a podcast without you trying to say a weird name. I know. <laughs> All but two of his sons died from the curse which included his wife and his two younger daughters so i wonder when when they die like is it a bloody death do they just die in their sleep i mean i don't know from what i'm guessing for something to kill all these family members within a certain amount of time i'm thinking it's got to be some kind of a sickness poison gas something i don't know yeah, the statue just kind of emits a poison gas. Well, you said it was cursed. <laughs> Why not? 
Who knows? <laughs> so it was now that the Biverbrook sons did not want to be the next victims. So they grabbed the statue and donated it to the Royal Scottish Museum in Edinburgh. The museum is now called the National Museum of Scotland. So the museum curator, who handled the statue even, died within a year. The statue is currently in a glass case in the museum, and it hasn't been touched since. So maybe it has something on it that when you, a poison that when you touch it, it seeps into your skin and that's how you die. I mean, maybe? Seems so awfully the more you weird. mess with it. So, I mean, think about it. So, four years, maybe you only handle it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Where a museum director would handle it a lot because he's trying to figure out where it came from, how old it is, so he's constantly messing with it. That's true. So he died within a year. The other mm-hmm. ones died within four years because it was multiple people handling it because it's just a statue, maybe lifting it up, dusting, putting it back down. And if it was small enough, obviously kids would probably want to play with it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe the more you handle it, the sooner you die. <gasps> Ooh. Because it has I some like kind of this. toxin on it. I like this. But I feel like if they know that it was made from limestone, they could figure out. Not if it's cursed. I guess. But if it's cursed with an actual substance, <laughs> I mean, that's not being cursed. That's just bad luck. <laughs> Maybe it was just bad luck. <laughs> I don't know. And we, we don't have enough information to know if it was cursed by it, like a, a demon, or was it just bad luck, or maybe everyone just had a really bad allergy. Yeah, to limestone. That's crazy. It's I possible. Know, I don't know anyone who's allergic to limestone. Yeah, well, you don't know anybody who's allergic to duck except for me. That's true. That is true. You're kind of a weirdo. Put, we all know this. <laughs> this is a known fact. <laughs> But honestly, we don't know the whole backstory of this thing. This stuff is just hearsay. There's no documentation of anything. I looked up all of these individual characters. No one exists. I don't know who any of these people are. There's nothing. Hmm. So all of this could be completely fake. Who knows? But the truth of everything is it is at the National Museum of Scotland. It is there. It is inside a glass case. And they don't have documentation of who gave it to them. Interesting. No one knows where this thing came from. So someone probably came up with this essentialized story of it. And now it's just circulating everywhere. Well, it makes it more interesting versus just a random penis statue. (laughs) Just a penis statue. (laughs) It does. But it is. It's weird that they don't know where it came from. Death by penis statue. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry i just find that kind of funny <laughs> it's funny who knows i you mean know, like okay a hotel room you can more people are willing to like spend more money to stay in a haunted hotel room than a normal hotel room like people go out of their way to go spend the night in haunted rooms so maybe people would be more willing to go out of their way to see or pay to go see a cursed item that's why they came up with the story i suppose if it's you know True or not, we'll never know. That's true. It would probably create more foot traffic. And I bet you if I actually got a hold of someone at the museum, they could tell me if, come on, someone's got to clean it. Got to dust it or something. Not necessarily. If they put it inside, if it's sealed with inside of a glass container, how would dust even get in there? They'd have to clean the glass on the outside. Yeah, well, I'm sure the poison would seep through somehow. Unless they're all just allergic to limestone. 
Could be. I don't know. I don't know. I just... It seems hard to believe. Moving on. <laughs> We're going to move on to... Not a statue. A doll. Nope, not even a doll. A vase. Yay. <laughs> We're moving up in the world. This thing is called the Bazano vase. The vase was considered cursed by those who acquired it, but cursed without any explanation, just like the statue. No one really knows why or how. But unlike the statue, the Bazano vase is now lost. No one knows where it is. It's in Atlantis. Mm, we don't know. But we'll see. So this vase was very simple. Silver. Weighed about four pounds. And was made sometime during the 15th century, probably as a wedding gift. It's listed on many websites as one of the most haunted objects. But, again, no one knows where it came from. The earliest account of the vase dates back to the 15th century in a small town north of Napoli, Italy. I think I said that right. Napoli. I said it with an accent and everything. Fantastic. <laughs> so as the legend says, it was given to a young bride the night before her wedding. Perhaps as a gift of good fortune or, or something bad because it was cursed. Maybe the lady that gave it to her was mad that she was marrying the guy that she really wanted to marry, so she cursed the vase to kill the lady to get the guy. Maybe. That is a possibility. Unfortunately, the young woman never made it to her own wedding. She was discovered dead the next morning. Some say it was murder, but others think it was something a little more paranormal. Little information survived about the bride-to-be or her, her husband-to-be, including their names. But soon after the young woman was interred, the vase was given to another family member who also died shortly after getting it. It was once again passed on to another family member and then another family member and then another one all dying very shortly after getting this face. Obviously, this item, they realized, was cursed and hid it away somewhere. Several people know how it was hidden away. Some say it was buried. Others say it was hidden by a priest. And some people say it's somewhere in a church. No one really knows. You know, that's, that's what people like to say. Interesting. Mm, yeah. The vase remained hidden for many, many years until it resurfaced in the year of our Lord and Heather, 1988. Because <laughs> that's when I was born. <laughs> so how does the vase kill? I don't know. It, it, it's very, again, very not specific is what it looks like here. The tale of how it was rediscovered says that it was found by a young man who just happened to dig it up somewhere just in the right place at the right time or in the wrong or place or at the yes. wrong time 
Because I don't think digging up items that are cursed is a good thing. Like, no. if it's cursed, kind of like the J- Jumanji game, That's, just leave it. So, again, no one really knows where this young man dug up this vase. It's also been said that it was buried with a note that said, Beware, this vase brings death. But, you know, young guy reads that and goes, Ha! Yeah, right. I'm not going to care. It's a silver vase. It's kind of cool. The vase was auctioned off for 4 million Italian lire. And how much is that? um, That is equal to around $2,500 in U.S. dollars. And it was sold to a pharmacist. Huh. So I was looking up online um, your most cursed items. Yeah. And that phone number that you were talking about is number nine. Look at that. Look at me finding things online. You know, because it's what I do. All right. But this pharmacist. And yet more information that we don't know. We don't know the name of the auction house. We don't know the name of the pharmacist or the man who found it. So we don't know. But it is said that the pharmacist died after three months. And his family sold the vase to a doctor who died at the age of 37. Only if few months after he got the vase, it was sold again to an archaeologist. Within three months, he also died. You mean the doctor? No, the archaeologist. The ar- he, the doctor died, and then the archaeologist got it. And then the archaeologist died. But we know that his was a mysterious infection. It was a little more detailed than the others. Well, I mean, this is in, what, 1988? Yeah, sometime I in the I feel like 80s. there should be, like, autopsy reports. You would think. This is also all in Italy. Who knows? Come on, people! (laughs) I don't know what kind of stuff's going on there. For some odd reason, again, we don't know much. Stories continued on with one last sale. But the last owner, we still know nothing about. (laughs) I bet you the last owner realized that it was cursed and broke it. And because they broke it, they got cursed by it. So now they're Mm. dead, but Mm -hmm. the vase is gone. Maybe. That's... That's possible because it does say here that he died less than a month after taking possession of the vase. Yeah, because he broke it. And it says here that the vase became unsellable. Look at you with your theories. And if we believe the stories that a family member of the last victim was said to have it tossed out a window in an attempt to break free from the curse. Look at you. Look at you go. So the rest of the family didn't die. Well, that's good. But the story still doesn't end there. The vase nearly struck a police officer who retrieved it with the intention of fining the person who threw it at him. It was said that the family accepted a fine for littering, littering, but refused to take the vase back. They attempted to place it in a museum. But word had already gotten around that the vase was cursed, so the museum was like, no thanks, I don't want that. <laughs> Even though it is said that many of Egyptian artifacts are cursed, but they'll take those. Well, yeah, those are also, like, ancient. Mm. So was it? Well, that's true, this thing wasn't ancient. But still, it was made of silver. Still pretty cool. Yes, I agree. The uh, The police officer could feel the negative energy coming off the vase. So, he took it upon himself to get rid of it. Some say he put it in a lead box. Others say it's in a holy ground. 
target practice. Who freaking knows? Yeah, right? No one really knows very much. Obviously, that photograph you just saw of the vase, supposedly, that is a picture of the vase. But no one knows what in the hell happened to with this vase. Yeah, it's probably a good thing if it's cursed. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, pretty thin on details here. Don't really know exactly what happened. Or even if this thing still even exists. But, you know, apparently it's cursed. The Winchester's got a hold of it, and it's in the box somewhere in a shed. Mm. Mm. You know what? Your theory, though, of it breaking doesn't really hold up. Well, they just said that it didn't break. Because... No, it, yeah, it w- they threw it out a window, but it didn't break. Well, I know. You squashed my theory. Bef- but, see, I squashed it before I realized it. And now I'm realizing it that it was already squashed. Because I had mentioned before that this thing was made out of silver. Oh, so it wouldn't have <laughs> So it wouldn't have broken. <laughs> Here we are both thinking it was glass for a second. <laughs> Look at us. We're two blondes. No, I know. I was just thinking, you know, like a ceramic face or something. No. It was <laughs> made out of silver, so obviously it's not going to break. So that's why the Winchesters have it and it's in a box. We don't know if this vase is real or not. But it's a fun story. I Other agree. Even though it may not even exist. Still fun. Well, they had a picture of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a picture, I guess. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's real. True. Very true. All right. The next item we're going to talk about is a diamond. Is it the green diamond? It is not the green diamond. Yeah. This diamond is called, and I apologize if I am not pronouncing this right, but it is called the Koh-i-Noor. It apparently is super, super pretty. On March 29th, in the year 1845, in Punjab, I'm so sorry, you guys. We're in India. I can't pronounce any of your city's names. I'm sorry. In the mirrored hall at the center of the Great Fort in Lahore, there, in a public ceremony, the frightened but dignified child finally yielded to months of British pressure and signed a formal act of submission. This document was known as the Treaty of Lahore, handed over to the British, the East India Company, which was a pretty amazing company. They just kind of stole it. That's not nice. It's not. At the same time, Duleep was induced, and yeah, induced to hand over to Queen Victoria... The single most valuable object in not just Punjab, but the entire subcontinent. And it, this was the Koh-i-Noor diamond. How big was the diamond? Also known as the Mountain of Light. I don't know. But this was actually in the treaty that was signed. In Article 3, it actually states the gem called the Koh-i-Noor shall be surrendered by the Maharaja of Lahore to the Queen of England. It actually said it. Huh. I know. It's pretty crazy. So there is a violent power struggle, suspected poisoning, many assassinations, a civil war, and two British invasions. Well, all because she put a cursed item on her head, so she died. <laughs> the Koh-i-Noor diamond weighed 190.3 metric carats. Gotcha. All right, many years of research into the Koh-i-Noor have confirmed many of the diamond's owners 
have indeed suffered in most appalling ways. Here it is. Here's the nitty gritty. Its history is littered with owners who have been blinded, slow poisoned, tortured to death, burned in oil, threatened with drowning, crowned with molten lead, and assassinated by their own family and closest bodyguards. Even the passengers and crew of the HMS Media it got cholera. There, there was a cholera, a cholera epidemic and storms uh, while they were carrying the Koh-i-Noor diamond across the seas from India to England in 1850. Huh. So, there it is. There's where the curse comes from. Lots of crap happened to apparently a lot of the people who stole it. So now I'm wondering if the diamond maybe isn't cursed, but will do bad things to the people who steal it. I mean, it would still technically be cursed then. It just gets, it just puts its curse on those who uh, did the wrongdoing. Yes, but if a person, maybe the original owner of the diamond happened to get it back, it would be fine because, you know, they didn't technically steal it. But let's move on to a painting. Ooh, is this the Crying Boy painting? It is the Crying Boy painting. So I see that you've heard of it. Uh, it was actually on that website that I was telling you about where hmm. it talks about, um, oh, I deleted it, cursed items. Well, let's go into it. So according to the story, Ron and Mary Hall lost their home when a fire, oh, sorry, to a fire, when a frying pan burst into flames. Although the entire house was destroyed, one item was not. And it was a print of a painting of a crying boy. It wasn't even the painting itself. It was a print of the painting. Ugh. Yes. Ron Hall's brother, Peter, who was a fireman, claimed that this wasn't the first time that that had occurred. Peter stated that he had witnessed many fires in which everything was ruined except for this crying boy painting. Within one day, hundreds of readers had... of had reached out to a newspaper that printed the story, claiming to be jinxed by the painting. So the story all actually begins in the 1950s. A Spanish artist named Giovanni Bragolini <laughs> made a series of paintings that depicted young children crying. Whole series of them. He sold those paintings to tourists as a reminder of the orphans of World War II. Interesting. Yeah. Oddly enough, people in England very much liked these paintings. Mass prints of the paintings were sold. So the legend grew bigger and bigger. Some people claimed that the painting had caused the death of family members. Others reported that when they tried to burn the print, the painting wouldn't catch fire. Even restaurants with the crying boy paintings were burned to the ground. Uh, the fire there is a firefighter named Alan Wilkinson asserted that the fires were not supernatural events and were a result of carelessness. However, he admitted that he had noted more than fifty crying boy fires since nineteen seventy three. That's a lot of fires that with is. like a print of a painting that would not burn. It wasn't even the original painting, it was a print. It was crazy. People were very desperate to try to get rid of these paintings. There was a the editor of The Sun. It's a newspaper. This guy's name was Kelvin McKenzie. 
came up with a solution. He told everyone to send in their paintings and that the sun would destroy them once and for all. On Halloween, staff burned more than 2,500 copies of the painting. Let me guess, but they didn't burn? No, they did. They destroyed them. Time went by. Eventually, people kind of forgot about it. But it still hasn't stopped people from adding their own pieces to the legend. Because some of these still exist. One story claims that the boy in the painting was an, was an actual orphan who was living in Madrid. And despite a priest's warning that fires broke out wherever this boy went. So the artist decided to adopt the child. But sometime later, the artist's studio burned down. The boy ran away, never to be seen again. So what you're saying is the boy was a, uh, oh, what do you call that? People that are obsessed with fires. Arsonist. Pirate. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And his soul was trapped in the paintings mm. that make everything catch on fire. Here we go. That's it. That's got to be it. Perfect. I had a thought of printing out this painting and hanging it somewhere just to see. Just well, to no, because I don't want your house to burn down. It's too close to my house. We'll put it in the shed or something. But that's even closer to my house. No, it's not. We'll leave it at your sister's house or at your work. Oh, my sister's house. You hear that? <laughs> we'll leave it at your work. There's a go. I don't, yeah. Okay. It's insured. That's fine. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I have one more. Just one more, and then we're done. All right. And it's another painting. Yes, it's it's on the list. It's on the list. It's got to be on the list. Let's see. This painting is called... Oh, so the one's a little boy? The Hands Resist Him. Yes. It does have a little boy in it. The painting, The Hands Resist Him, was painted by a man named Bill Stoneham. And he painted this in around 1972. This is kind of a crazy story. There was this eBay auction going on. Of course it goes back to eBay. Oh, oh, of course. So the listing was posted in the year 2000. And it caught international attention thanks to the description. So it was a picture of the painting. This one. That's it. Yep. That's it. The description of this painting said, Oh, that's creepy. Uh Uh-huh. We'll describe it here in a minute. Actually, describe it now. Go ahead and describe it. Paint a picture with your words. (laughs) Because we all know how good I am at this. (laughs) So in the picture, when you first look at it, there's a little girl who looks to be about, I don't know, three? She's not actually a girl. She's a doll. Okay. I can kind of see that, but at first glance, yeah, you see the doll or the girl. Mm-hmm. Again, probably around size three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's a little boy who had, say, about four or five. Five. Look at you. <laughs> see, I didn't even read it. I'm just looking at the picture. <laughs> and they're standing next to, it looks like a window, mm-hmm. and you see the moon. Yeah. And then you see some stuff pushed up against the glass. Mm-hmm. And when you scroll in to look at what those were, because I thought that it looked like um, maybe it was snowing or like some like white was pushed up against it. In reality, it's hands. Yes. And they... you see hands and fingers pushed up against the glass through the dark darkness outside. Yes. Uh, and there's lots of hands. Yeah. It's a creepy picture. <sighs> okay. There's 11 hands. That's creepy. 
It is a creepy picture. It is. It's kind of disturbing. The kid's forehead is huge. Yeah. But I'm more creeped out by the hands. We'll go into this further. All okay. right. All right. Go on. I have not done any reading on it. It's fine. So in the description of the eBay article, of the eBay auction, the description was, this painting may or may not possess supernatural powers that could impact or change your life. <laughs> There's your disclaimer. There it is. So the couple who were selling it, according to the listing, they had discovered his painting in an abandoned brewery and had taken it home with them to hang it in the bedroom of their four-year-old daughter. Oh, that poor thing. I don't know. I guess it didn't look that creepy. I don't know. It looks creepy to me, but that's just me. It's creepy to me, and not a lot of things creep me out. I don't know. One morning, their four-and-a-half-year-old daughter claimed that the children in the picture were scary and coming into the room during the night. Hmm. Being a little alarmed at this, the dad set up a motion-triggered camera to see what was really happening at night. The people who were selling the painting both said that nothing otherworldly was actually going on. Nothing actually happened. But the motion-censored camera did take pictures of things, which means it, sen- it sensed movement. And this thing was pointed right at the painting. So, I mean, one would assume that something was moving. I'm curious. if So if we take a picture of it, right, if we actually went and saw this, this painting. Yeah. If we took a picture of it and then the next day came back and looked at it, would the hands be in the same place? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's a creepy thought, and I don't like it. (laughs) They have these pictures, and okay, so if you look at the picture again, the doll, the girl doll, kind of sort of looks like she's holding a gun towards the boy. Hold on, I gotta go back to it. Okay. She is holding something in her hands, and I'm not sure what it is. I mean, see, I didn't think of that, because you have your typical window pane, Mm -hmm. where it's the different lines. Yeah. So she's got something in her hands, but it... Oh, it lines up. Um, hold on, it moved. The painting didn't move my phone. Oh, no, my God. <laughs> I was trying to scroll in on it. And it wasn't liking me. So if you scroll in on it, like, super close, it looks, oh, it's some kind of bottle, but it also has, it looks like a flare. Yeah. Like a, a piece of wire with some string. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what it is. I don't know, but it's not a gun because what makes it look like a gun is that piece of, metal mm-hmm. that's part of the window see how it attaches to the window yeah so like maybe at first glance maybe a toy one but when you scroll in nice and close like past the hands <laughs> look it looks like a bottle with a string connected oh, to it yeah it does it kind of looks like some like a lantern yeah okay that that makes sense that could be it <sighs> i don't know what bill was thinking but i don't know ugh. okay moving on how anybody would put that in their kids' room, I don't know. Some people, by just looking at the listing, or just looking at the painting, claim to have odd reactions, such as falling violently ill or fainting. Children began to scream, and others found themselves gripped by an unseen entity. 
well, you know, we have some kids. No, I'm joking. We would never <laughs> subject our children to this. But within a month, the auction rocketed from the initial bid of $199 to the final price of $1,050 in just 30 days. Here, I thought you were going to say $6,666. <laughs> no. No, it honestly doesn't seem like it's that much. But this was in the year 2000. eBay had just started. Gotcha. And, I mean, okay, this is on here, which I think is stupid. And I want to slap whoever freaking did this. Apparently, there was a eBay thing where a fan had taken a bag of air from a Kanye West concert. Just a bag of air. And it sold for $65,000. Well, people buy weird stuff off. I want to slap whoever bought that because they're stupid. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's air. God, I hate people. All right. I'm sorry. But back Moving to on. Like, Moving on. The first glance, <laughs> like when I first was looking through this, when you were talking about the different haunted stuff. Yeah. I didn't notice the hands. I noticed the creepy girl and the fact that he had that weird stare yeah. on his face. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice the hands until I got a little closer to it. Yeah. A little background on the man who painted this painting. Bill. Named. Oh, he's got a wound on his head. Named the painting The Hands Resist Him. And he named it after a poem that his wife wrote. His wife wrote a poem called The Hands Resist Him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to make, I'm gonna paint a painting about that. I mean, I guess if you see it like that, and I've never heard the poem. But it could be that the kid in the painting was going through dark times, mm-hmm. and he resisted the pull to death. I know who the kid is. Bill explains it. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is me jumping ahead again. No, it's okay. That that boy is actually modeled after a photo of Bill himself at five years old. Huh. Bill was adopted at birth. He never knew his real parents. But he had an old family photo album. There's many photos of himself. And he came across this one that he had taken with a neighbor girl who happened to be standing next to him. And, you know, he decided he wanted to add the disembodied hands through the window. He said it was as a reference to the distance and a sense of unknown opportunities that stemmed from his adoption. Weird. That's a weird way to show it. Uh, Well, you know, artists are weird. (laughs) Are you calling me weird? You're not an artist. I make cool things. Yeah, but you're not an artist. Okay. You're a copier. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes you create things. I put yeah. my own twist on I things. Okay. Your fine. cup is one of a kind. It is. And uh, by the way, but Ashlyn's best friend steals it all the time. I to yell at her. Quit taking my cup. <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> he painted a bunch of paintings, actually, right around the same time. There's this guy who bought a whole bunch of his paintings. He said he was young. He had all these paintings. There's this guy, last name Feingarten. Um, he bought all of his paintings except for one called The Gathering. He said he couldn't take it because it was too dark. So the ha- he bought The Hands Resist Him, but not this other painting. This other painting, he described it. It said it's a scene with ghostly figures. There's a horse, a horse crashing into a family. It just was bad. But he he said the guy who bought that painting did eventually go crazy and set his warehouse on fire and ended up in a penitentiary. <laughs> so this guy just, he paints dark things. I mean, to each their own. Yeah. He hadn't thought much about this painting, um, which was then bought by a guy named John Marley. 
He is the character actor best known for playing Jack Waltz. He's a belligerent film mogul in The Godfather. Hmm. I've never seen The Godfather, so I don't know. Neither have I. There was a new kind of paranormal quality to it. People had been quick to point out the deaths that took place after it was sold in 1974. Uh, Henry Seldis, he was a L.A. Times art critic who covered his show, died of an apparent suicide on the eve of his 53rd birthday in 1978. Although, friends did say he was depressed, so, you know, whatever. Well, he is an art critic. Yeah. <laughs> No offense to any art critics out there, but I mean, yeah, some art is created by some really like messed up, de- it is, demented, depressed people. It sure is. Some of it's beautiful. Some of it's just like, what I'm are you up. thinking? Like this guy. Yeah, the other one's worse. I showed <laughs> yeah. you. Uh, the initial guy who bought it, Fine Garden, died three years later, and then three years after that, Marley, the guy, next guy who bought it, died from open heart surgery. Although he had previously sold the painting, but still. I'm just he saying, died. like, I mean, open heart surgery, it's kind of a risky surgery. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No one knows how it ended up in an abandoned brewery. So, Bill, because he's such a funny, funny guy, knows how famous his painting has become. And he gets calls and emails all the time asking about his painting. And he says... You know, he, he can even go on record and he asks the host, like, do you want me to make up stories? Or <laughs> like, he has fun with it. Like, do you want to know the truth or you want me to make something up? And one of the fun things that he made up, he told a boy that anyone who looks at the painting will die. And the boy believed him. And that's part of one of the legends that I've read. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so he's had fun with it. And he has... Uh, done actually a whole series uh, along with it. So he he painted the the hands resist him in 1970 something, 1972, 74, something like that. I don't remember. I said it at the beginning, but he did more. In 2004, he painted a painting called Resistance at the Threshold. I feel like you're gonna make me describe this again. No, you don't have to describe it. It's I'll describe it. Um, he does the painting. It is basically the same, but he is now in his current state, a 53-year-old man. That's him. And then the doll looks a bit more disembodied, um, yeah. like it's gone through time. It looks older. The, mm-hmm. the walls are cracked. The hands are more detailed. Yes. But this time there's something else in the back besides just the hands. Yes. Well, one of the hands looks like it's holding a soda. Oh, that could be. That's kind of funny, actually. <laughs> and then there's wasps. Yes, there are wasps. So that's new. And then there's more. That's oh, the next that's a one. Creeping picture. Yeah, that's the next one in the series. Now this one actually has some cool background information to it. Okay. Um, so he was adopted, and right around the time of this painting, he found out that he actually had a sister that he never knew about. Is that why it looks like the girl took the doll face off? Yes. Yeah, so she has become a real girl, which depicts his sister that he never knew he had and is regarding that he never had a childhood to get to know her with. Oh, this is really creepy. The hands are still there. Yes. But they're in the water. In the so water. The water turns into the hands. Mm-hmm. That's, that makes me not want to go to the lake this weekend. <laughs> well, you're going. I know I'm going. But and you're going to feel something. Probably. Oh, God. <laughs> I just brushed my, my fingers against her leg. <laughs> At least it's silky smooth. <laughs> That's true. And then there's one more painting, if you want to scroll down some more. 
Oh, it's back to him being a kid. It's back to him being a kid, but on the opposite view. So the view is now from the inside of the window, because you can then see on the outside that there is a shadowed view of the first painting. The first painting. But it's not the moon. It's just like a mm-hmm. piece of art dangling from a tree. Yep. And there are still some hands. Yeah. Oh, it looks like a creepy doll coming from the floor. It kind of reminds mm. me of Dobby from Harry Potter. Oh. Yeah, no, thank you. No, look at it right here on the corner. Yeah. Oh, I've seen it. I don't like it. I don't like any of his paintings. I think they're all creepy. They're just weird. Like, mm-hmm. I would never hang any of these in my house. But he has some interesting tales of painting this series oh, of paintings. Did you see it up in the corner? I don't know. I didn't look that hard at it. It looks like there's little faces. Ow! Bill, what is wrong with you? Jeez. So up in the top left-hand corner of the painting is another dark window that the tree is coming out of. And at first glance, it kind of looks like roots. Like like the butt of a root. But when you scroll in on it, it looks like little skulls. Bill, there's something wrong with you. Beep, beep. That's all. all. (laughs) Yeah, that's all. That was his whole series. Someone was able to speak to the man who originally listed it on eBay, and he was absolutely convinced that those kids came out of the painting. Even though he was a really level-headed person, it still creeped him out. So Yeah, they're creepy photos. Yes. So the guy who owns the painting now did have a couple of weird things happen. The air conditioner had broke during a month-long absence, causing the entire place to be covered in green mold. But the only thing to be untouched was the hands resist him. Yeah. The painting. Yeah. Maybe the oils that they used to paint the picture just resisted the the, the I mean, there's probably something that, that did it. So strange things did happen to him during the uh, during the painting's creation. Uh, he said that his studio was invaded by rats. Odd substances emerged from the floor as he was painting the tiles in the image. That was just a couple of creepy things. I feel that like happened. he might have been just high on something. I mean, maybe, but still, it's kind of creepy. So some actual creepy things did happen. I'm not saying yeah. they didn't. They're creepy pictures. They are. Ugh. So, who knows? Maybe it's cursed. Maybe there's something connected to this painting or the printouts of this, this painting. But either way, Bill's having fun with it. Okay, good for him. You know, he is messed up, man. A little bit. Painting crazy things. A little bit. Okay. That is the end of our episode of Our Cursed Objects. Thank you so much for joining us. If you have questions or concerns or... Tell me that I'm terrible at pronouncing things. You know it would not be a podcast without you trying to pronounce <laughs> something. I know. It's fun. But if you would like to do any of those things, you can get a hold of me at my email, heather at fortweirdpodcast.com. Or you can get on Facebook or Instagram at fortweirdpod. That's about it. That's what I got for you. Oh, Taryn, I have a joke. I was just looking up a joke. I have a joke. What's your joke? Well, I don't know if it's that great of a joke. I'm pretty sure I've told it to you before. My kids hate it when I do this. Do you know why there are no vampires in Africa? Because it's too sunny? Mm, No. It still does become nighttime in Africa. But you know one of the main ways to get rid of a vampire is to throw holy water at it yeah there are no vampires in africa because they bless the rains down in africa 
<laughs> nice. <laughs> that only works if you know the song Africa. But it's so funny and it makes me laugh. <laughs> if you don't matters. know that song, go listen to the song Africa by Toto. Okay, you can tell a joke if you want. No, it's okay. I just thought that was funny. No, I, I did the funny fact. You did. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us, guys. I hope this one sounds better. I guess we'll find out. See you later. All right. Bye. The existence of this.